Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me again today. Thank you also to anyone who has written a review on iTunes. I so appreciate all of your support. And um, if you haven't left a review, just a quick reminder to go ahead and do that. It takes just a couple minutes if you have an iDevice. If you don't have an iPhone, maybe you have an iPad. And if you have a computer, going on to iTunes on your computer can work as well. So um, today's episode I will be reading you, with Steve Ozanich's gracious permission, uh, a file that he wrote uh, four years ago called Top 10 Mistakes in Healing from TMS. And it is one of the files that I guide many, 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 many people to. And I'm always surprised to find out that most people that I share this with haven't heard of it. So I, I assume that many of you listening haven't heard of it either. So Steve has been a TMS consultant for uh, patients for the last, let's see, 17 years now. And in working with so many hundreds of patients, he has kind of noticed patterns of where people get stuck. And so he compiled this top 10 list in order to kind of help people break through their stuckness. And so, yeah, so I asked for permission to share this with you. So thank you, Steve, for offering your permission. I'm so grateful to be sharing this with the listeners. I think it's one of the most helpful documents out there because it kind of like pokes holes in all of our like uh, our doubts and fears and worries that are almost universal among TMSers. So so thanks, Steve. And um yeah, so at the end of the episode, you know, he or at the end of the document, he writes how he hopes to hear your healing story soon. And if you're unfamiliar, Steve O has a TMS Healing Wall of Victory on YouTube. So I will put a link to that wall in the show notes. And there are, you know, about 20 or so healing stories and I've seen them all and they're all so inspirational. And so if you have a healing story that you would like to share on Steve's wall, Steve has a a long-term dream of seeing this wall be the largest wall of healing in the history of social media. And so um so I want to make that dream come true for him. So if you have a story that you could share on his wall, I encourage you to shoot a video and send it his way. Um, and so, and then if you do that, um, please reach out to this show as well and share your story here. I think that healing stories are so powerful in our own healing journeys. And I think that was a big part of the reason why I healed so quickly was because before I read any Sarno, I poured over the Amazon reviews of all of his books And so I will put links to all of Steve's work in the show notes again. So if you haven't read his books, I highly recommend it. The Great Pain Deception is his largest, most comprehensive book that he wrote. Took him 10 years to write. Um, And then he followed it up with Back Pain Permanent Healing and John Sarno's Top 10 Healing Discoveries, both of which are on Audible and are really well narrated. So um, please check those out on Audible if you prefer to listen. 
And uh, if you prefer to read, they're, of course, on Amazon. So I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, here is the Steve Ozanich Top 10 Mistakes in Healing. Enjoy. Top 10 Mistakes Made in Healing from TMS by Steve Ozanich, copyright 2014. Since I healed from TMS 13 years ago, I've spent 10 of those years researching and writing a book, The Great Pain Deception. I've also been consulting and communicating on a full-time basis with thousands of TMS sufferers. In my opinion, the following are the top 10 things people are doing wrong in their healing. The list is in order of significance with the biggest mistake at number one. However, many on the list of 10 overlap and intertwine, blurring the lines of distinction due to a lack of belief. So number 10, believing you have both a structural problem and TMS. Doubt is a part of the TMS process. If you truly had 100% belief that you have TMS and that there was absolutely no problem with your body, then you would not have chronic pain. The whisper of doubt that you may have an actual structural defect is the element that keeps you in pain. If you have an injury, a structural problem, then you don't have TMS. There are psychological factors involved in all diseases and trauma from injuries, but these are not TMS as defined by Dr. John Sarno. With TMS, you have to completely reject the notion of any body problems and focus all effort on the psychological factors involved in the production of pain. The majority of people state that they 100% believe they have TMS, but in truth, they don't truly believe it. What they mean is they want to believe that they have it. They cover their deeper doubts with the defense mechanism of intellectualization called reaction formation. Deep within, they doubt, but since they understand that they cannot heal without full belief, they hide their doubt by masking, by wanting to believe, in order to shield their doubt from their full awareness. So when someone with back pain tells me they have 100% full belief that they have TMS, I ask them to bend down and touch the floor. Most are horrified at the thought, which means they don't believe they have TMS. They only think they have TMS, but this is okay and normal. Don't worry. Thinking versus believing. Your brain creates your symptom in order to firmly convince you that you indeed have a structural problem. How can you not believe what your deeper brain wants you to see? This is the brilliant observation of Dr. Sarno. So of course you have doubt. Your brain created your doubt by creating your symptom. So it's very normal for you to think that you have a structural problem. But you cannot be pregnant and not pregnant at the same time. You either have TMS or you don't. The idea in healing is to slowly erase your doubt over time. This takes time by seeing small truths here and there, like within the illogical patterns of the pain and the irrational timing of the pain and in its random intensity. 
The pain's strength and timing often don't make sense, and the more intense the pain is, the greater are the odds of it being from a mind-body reaction. Number nine, living in your head too much. The type T, or common TMSer, is an intellect. Thinking has replaced feeling for them, so they become thinkers, so they cannot be hurt further by their emotions. Thinking has become their method of coping with fear, anger, and anxiety. Avoiding deep heartache. The brilliant Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung stated that nothing inhibits feeling like thinking. Thinking blocks the dreaded emotional experience, and it so happens that people in pain are living their lives in their head. The body matters in life, so healing must include becoming more physical and living with less negative chatter. With each passing day, the TMSer sees her dreams go by, living her life in her head, thinking versus doing. It's called what-if thinking. What if? What if? The sufferer gets caught in a procrastination loop by living each negative scenario in her mind, repeatedly running through all that could go wrong until she can eventually come to a rational reason as to never try. This is the opposite of mindfulness. A common thinking set that I've seen is, what if I can't heal? What if I can't be in a relationship because of my symptoms? What if I have a serious disease? What if I'm too psychologically messed up? What if I don't get the job because of my pain? I can say from experience that the occurrence of these bad outcomes is so extremely rare. They almost never, if ever, happen. But when told that these things are possible, the response is usually like Lloyd Christmases in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Life has few guarantees, but one certainty is that if you believe you won't heal, then you won't heal. As the great Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. When people want to heal and they're finally ready to heal, they will begin to become more active with their body and less actively negative in their head. Movement versus less thinking. Change the scenarios in your head to visions of light and slow your negative mental chatter. Get your physical body more involved in your life and live more balanced. Number eight, thinking your pain is genetic. TMS is not genetic. The maxim states genetics loads the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. Your TMS is a product of your environment, and your environment is the driver of your experience. TMS is not inherited from your mom or your dad, even though they may have had the same TMS symptoms as you. You simply learned it from them through observation in how they reacted to their stressors. Your parents may have loaded your TMS gun by how they store their anxiety, fear, frustration, and worry, but the gun is only fired when the symptoms are needed. Mimetics equals social contagion. Regarding TMS, we continually pass on ailments to one another in a subconscious game of mimetic tag. The social and cultural contagion process is completely outside of consciousness, but the senses remember everything that has been observed. We mimic each other's disorders as a part of the survival mechanism of cultural acceptance. 
Disorder after disorder is passed along as person after person needs a new and acceptable diversion from emotions. What is acceptable to have in any culture at one time will be the new disorder du jour. I've literally seen hundreds of people catch TMS from either a suggestion that they may get this or that from their doctor or family member, or by observing another person who had the same symptoms. The mind is that powerful. But the problems worsen dramatically when a doctor legitimizes it by calling it a disease, a structural problem when TMS is clearly neither. There has been a dramatic rise in foot pain as people observe other people with foot pain, not only being compensated for it, but also talking about foot pain as well as observing the marketing of foot pain. Mark Sofer, MD, stated in his book, To Be or Not to Be Pain-Free, when I started my medical training about 20 years ago, foot pain was not a common complaint. Now it is in vogue and everywhere you turn. There is no doubt in my mind that the overwhelming majority of foot pain attributed to plantar fasciitis, heel spurs, neuromas, or other physical causes is TMS. We currently have the greatest footwear ever designed to protect and support our feet. Why would foot pain be rising? Mimetics equals social imitation. The human foot has not suddenly collapsed after thousands of years. However, the notion of foot pain and of weak feet is now part of the collective conscious and socially acceptable to have, to use, as a safe haven from emotions. This occurs outside of awareness, so sufferers have no idea they're involved in the process and they, until they begin to look deeper. One of the more common mimetic infections is carpal tunnel, a TMS mind-body disorder that was simply manufactured by physicians by assigning it a label just as the label of fibromyalgia was thrust upon the public as a disease. The proof that carpal tunnel and fibromyalgia are mind-body effects and not genetic or structural design flaws is that all the people heal who accept the fact that their body is okay and that they are responding to unknown emotional forces. Fibromyalgia is 100% an emotional process, not an inherited or acquired disease. The proof is that the fibro sufferers heal without surgery, drugs, injections, or physical therapy, but that doesn't stop the medical industry from incessantly trying to convince sufferers that they have a disease by searching for and finding inconsequential things in the body. A Pfizer ad for Lyrica states that its purpose is to fight the disease of fibromyalgia. The American College of Rheumatology and the FDA have also called fibro a diagnosable disease. However, Frederick Wolf, MD, director of the National Data Bank for Rheumatic Diseases, the lead author of the paper that first defined the diagnostic guidelines for fibromyalgia, now considers fibro to be a physical response to stress, depression, and anxiety. Wolf now states, some of us in those days thought that we had actually identified a disease, which this clearly is not. He went on to affirm, to make people ill, to give them an illness, was the wrong thing. However, due to early insidious words of warning and danger, fibro is now in vogue and being disseminated into the collective conscious of society as being acceptable to have. When people unconsciously become infected by the host, the epidemic spreads. 
The medical industry is focused on scientifically engineering the human body from the outside. But because of this desire, the industry is actually keeping people down in fear and in pain with a perpetual marketing barrage of psychological bombardment, trying to convince sufferers that they have diseases brought on by some sort of odd body malfunction. Carpal tunnel, back pain, most foot, shoulder, knee, hip, hand, and fibromyalgia pain are mind-body effects driven by unconscious emotions. The proof is once again in the fact that sufferers heal once they realize this and do the mental work to heal. With all of the new advanced techniques and modern technology, pain epidemics are on the rise. They are not lessening. The reason is because of the faulty diagnoses, not in the therapeutic technique utilized. This means that the very act of trying to engineer the human body into good health with unnecessary surgeries, drugs, injections, and physical therapy are the very things that is making the problems worse. Why? Because with TMS, your brain wants you to think something is wrong with your body. You play right into your brain's diversionary scheme by attempting outside means to heal. That's what your brain wants, for you to focus on your body. TMS healing comes from the inside and is not a genetic or structural malfunction. Almost all pain is a coping mechanism. So which truth is currently winning the battle for healing? The medical industry is winning the hearts of the sufferers because most sufferers want to hear that something is wrong with their body. They want physical explanations for their physical problems. The average medical practitioner is winning the minds of sufferers, but the TMS practitioners are winning the battle of healings. Number seven, not wanting to get off of meds. The desire to remain on medication shows a hesitation to full healing. TMS is a diversion by your brain to allow you to opt out of your emotions, just as meds are a way to avoid having to face yourself. The true desire to heal means that you are ready to heal and to face the emotional experience that is driving your symptoms. Some TMS physicians prefer not to treat sufferers that refuse to eventually get off their meds because it shows a resistance to healing. They believe that the meds may inhibit the cognitive changes necessary to uproot old beliefs and to integrate new beliefs needed for healing. This is a challenge that must be met with great caution because there are poisons involved. Never suddenly quit taking meds without knowing the possible consequences, and one doctor may not know the reason why another doctor has placed you on your meds. So be cautious. It's a serious matter. Be responsible with your life. Many people ask me if they can heal while on meds. The answer is not simple. Some folks have healed while taking meds, and others have healed as soon as they stopped taking them by breaking the association response. Sometimes we need medication. It can be a safety net for us when life has overwhelmed us. But the idea should always be to get off of them soon after starting. They are only band-aids for stopping emotional bleeding. The emotional pain underneath is the driving force for TMS. It needs to be exposed not covered. Number six, not stepping to pillar two. As Dr. Sarno described in Healing Back Pain, the treatment program for chronic pain rests upon two pillars, 
Number one, the acquisition of knowledge of insight into the nature of the disorder. And number two, the ability to act on that knowledge and thereby change the brain's behavior. Most sufferers stand on Dr. Sarno's pillar number one, but very few step to pillar number two. They often feel that gathering information, pillar number one, is enough to eventually heal them, but it rarely does. They have to step to pillar number two, which means they need to live the information and to stop gathering it. Continual gathering of TMS information is in itself TMSing because it puts off the work needed to be done. If you're still gathering information beyond what you already understand, then you are not healing. You're procrastinating. All the TMS information that I needed to heal was in healing back pain. Why would I only need one book while others needed dozens? My belief in TMS was deeper. Number five, not enough pleasure. The presence of TMS means that joy has faded. Getting drunk and taking drugs is not real joy. The idea is to obsess less and to have more fun without guilt. People with TMS tend to beat themselves up, feel guilty for having fun, and have lost their ability to know happiness. Dr. Sarno created a term, rage to soothe ratio, which is a formulation of this concept. With TMS, there are volatile emotions beneath consciousness that are threatening to become known, but the TMS pain exists to prevent the awareness of these thoughts and emotions by diverting the sufferer's conscious attention to his body. So it's essential to do the mental work and only the mental work. But most people also forget to interject more pleasure into their lives like music, silliness, time off, comedy, sports, etc. With TMS, the autonomic nervous system is on high alert, overloaded and overstimulated from trying to do all and be all to please everyone. Pleasure increases the denominator of the rage to soothe ratio by pushing the fractioned person to become one. Match guiltless pleasure to your pain to ease cognitive dissonance and to manufacture new soothing neurotransmitters. TMS pain forms from a divided mind, divided between guilt and pleasure. Number four, thinking you're the exception to healing. Most people believe that they have a psychological slash physical problem that can't be fixed, and they're part of the very small percentage that don't move along in healing very well. I can't recall one person over the past 12 years who didn't think they were in the small unhealable group. I even thought I was in that group. Healing can always occur, but if you don't believe you can heal, then you cannot heal. Believe that you will heal. It's also important to realize that thinking positive does little to nothing. Only true belief heals you by altering your physiology. Thinking positive is part of the reaction formation that I mentioned earlier. Thinking positive simply masks any negative beliefs that exist and doesn't move healing along. Number three, giving up too early. I often hear, Steve, I read Dr. Starno's book last night and I read your book this morning, but my pain's still here. It took you a lifetime to get here. It will take you time to change. Be kind to yourself. 
relax, let healing happen. Healing is not linear. It's a wild roller coaster ride with no seatbelt. So it's critical to stop calendar watching and allow healing to take place as you rebalance your life. Forget all time frames and healing will occur faster. Knowledge alone will not always heal you, but you can't heal without new knowledge and a change in thinking. Healing takes hard work and time. When I tell people that healing takes time, they often ask, but how much time? That question itself reveals a lack of patience and further slows healing. By asking how much time, they're trying to form their reality on others' experience, transposing others' healing timeframes onto their own. But the only health reality that matters is your own, the one that you are creating through your deeper beliefs. You will adapt to your own beliefs for good or bad. Only your deeper self knows why it has created the need for your pain. It's hidden from you, but the answers are still within you and not within anyone else. So never give in to your doubting shadow self. Be persistent and patiently relentless in your quest for healing. The less you care about how long it takes, the faster you will heal. It's like the paradox of the Chinese finger cuffs. The harder you pull, the more you imprison yourself. You free yourself when you let go. So let go of doubt, fear, and your timetable. Number two, monitoring progress. This one is closely related to number three, but it varies slightly. This mistake has to do with the continual quantifying of the healing process. Never assign values to your pain. This gives it tangible reality, allowing your brain to legitimize it and to use it against you. Numbers are guided images, and when people hear that 2% of people don't heal from this or that, then they use that 2% as the foundation for constructing their own belief system of failure. It is far better to see yourself as having fun and laughing freely without pain and worry, paying no attention to what your body is doing. My own healing was delayed by my daily monitoring of it. Yesterday, my pain was a 5.2, and today it's a 6.5. What will tomorrow be? It's problematic to make comparisons and or to consciously follow your healing process. A watched pot never boils. In Dr. Sarno's words, as long as he is in any way concerned about what his body is doing, the symptoms will continue. This doesn't mean to stop the mental work. It simply means to stop worrying about your body and obsessing on your progression or your setbacks. Go out and do what you want to do, regardless of your pain. The presence of your pain does not mean you are damaging your body, so do whatever you want to do, paying no credence to how your body feels. Break the association of movement with pain. They are independent of one another, except through association or conditioning. Do not care about how your body is doing today or how your body is TMSing. Assign no degree of value to your symptoms, or you will give your brain the attention that it wants, which is diversion. Starve the need for your pain by feeding it nothing. Never give your mind's eye anything it can attach itself to other than your daily tasks at hand. This is mindfulness. Number one, trying to heal. This is the main reason that I see people struggling. Trying to heal 
is still TMSing in that you are still obsessing on what your body is doing as you continue to gather more and more information beyond what is needed. The mistakes are in monitoring your progress, asking others about their healing, talking about your daily symptoms, engaging in pain forums, trying other methods for healing, and putting all your effort into healing as opposed to simply allowing healing to occur. Forget about healing equals healing. Trying to heal is too close to physical therapy to be of any value. If you are trying to heal, then you are not healing. Trying to heal not only adds more frustration and pressure, but it also diverts energy needed for emotional healing to occur. The free online dictionary defines trying as causing strain, hardship, or distress. Merriam-Webster defines trying as severely straining the powers of endurance. To heal, you must not only stop all healing modalities like chiropractic, acupuncture, pressure point therapies, physical therapy, etc., but you must also stop wasting energy on thinking about healing. Your focus should be aimed on linking your emotions to your symptoms and in trying to understand why you need your symptoms. Trying is the opposite of letting go. Let go of things that do not serve you or you will end up serving them. The idea is to stop thinking about what your body is doing altogether and to live without fear. Remember, the reason you have chronic TMS pain is to force you to obsess on your body, to divert your awareness to something other than your deeper emotional pain. Refocus on why you react to life like you do and why you need your pain and how your relationships have gotten you here into a TMS state. Heal the wounds of relationship or let them go and let the pain leave without trying to force it out of your body. On the mental work. Another problem in healing from TMS is something called thinking psychologically, which has provided great confusion. In this aspect, I'm narrowing in on the point of trying to find reasons for your anger. You don't have to resolve anything, but it can help if you do. People get far too hung up on searching for the reason for their anger. Searching for reasons is okay, but the reasons are missing the bigger point. Thinking psychologically is not about trying to see if your divorce or your mother or the death of a loved one is causing your TMS. Of course these things are, but that's not the true reason for your anger. I don't believe those are the things you should be looking for as causes of rage. You may hit upon one of those and have an aha moment and heal, and that's great, but that's not what I would tell someone to work on mentally. The source of your anger should be your goal. Why do you get angry? Why do you need your pain? Stop trying to answer the what's in healing and try to answer the why's. Stop searching for the holy grail emotion that will suddenly wash your pain away. The emotion is fear that is met with anger. Focus on understanding that these emotions exist in you and that they're far more powerful than you can sense of them. Feel your pain as anger, driven by your fear. Think and begin to narrow the gaps between truths as to why your brain has fooled you into thinking that you have a broken body in order to hide socially unacceptable thoughts and dangerous emotions. Your pain is simply your deeper self expressing itself in the only way it knows how, 
because you never learned how to express your fear and anger, or you aren't aware of these powerful forces within you. Chronic TMS pain means that you are angry because you feel isolated and alone with no outlet for expressing your concerns. You fear experiencing even more rejection, so you repress all of your hidden concerns into your body. This is the essence of TMS. Our deepest need is to be connected, to be loved unconditionally, safe, secure, and needed. So when you look for causes of anger, don't just focus on events or situations. Look deeper into why your personality needs so much, why it gets anxious, why you have a hidden temper, why you feel the need to be perfect, why you need praise and acceptance. These are things to be searching for when thinking psychologically. The phrase think psychologically means to never look at your pain through the body prism, but to pursue your psychological state for all the possible needs for your symptoms. When you seek out sources of anger, it's okay to look at events, but it's better to look deeper and to uncover yourself. Healing has occurred when one You can do anything you want to with no pain or very little pain. And when, two, you no longer fear your pain. Good luck. I hope to hear your healing story soon. Steve Ozanich. Thanks everyone for tuning in today, guys. We'll see you next week.